1: Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. This is Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. Yes, I bought it. Anyway, you know the credits maybe, but let's say them again. Let's shout them out. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg composed the intro song to the Dork Forest, sang it with his girlfriend Sarah Cohen. Mike will sing his lyrics to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the show. And Vilmos, uh fixes my website Jackiecation.com. Jackiecation.com is where, by the way, you can get all the merch of your dreams and the Amazon banner, which is a portal to Amazon where you can order from Amazon. doesn't cost you any more money. It's just a way to get to Amazon to place your order. And then I get a kickback. It's a good way to donate to the to the podcast if you can't use the donation button right now because we all order from Amazon. If you can use the donation button, that is also on the Dork Forest page and the Jackie Cation page. Uh, I suggest 10 bucks a month for $100 a year to be a super fan. And if you can do it, that'd be great. And if you can't, uh, I totally get it. Other than that, there's merch. You can get t-shirts, Ranger t-shirt, Dork Forest t-shirt designed by Brett Chambers, the Ranger t-shirt designed by my nephew. All of my CDs are available there. They're also available on iTunes and Amazon, and you can just listen to them on Pandora or Spotify. My special, the DVD special, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, is available for $5 download if you don't need a hard copy at All Things Records. That's probably allthingscomedy.com. Go to allthingscomedy.com or go to my website and click through the trailer where you can see a clip. Anyway, All Things Comedy is the podcast hosting organism that the Dork Forest is part of with Al Madrigal and Bill Burr, and there's a lot of great podcasts over there, and they're trying Uh, to help comics publish and publicize all of their podcasting stand up and all that stuff. So if you get a chance, browse the other podcasts that are over there. This month's advertisement is for my friend Jenny Bergman has a toy store on the upper west side of Manhattan. Very, very specific geographic advertising for people who live in New York City and find themselves on the Upper West Side on 84th and Amsterdam, and they want to go to a place called West Side Kids. West Side Kids, Jenny Bergman. And West Side Kids has a lot of educational toys, as Tina Fey made fun of in Bossy Pants, but it also has uh, just regular toys. And they have really good instruments and really good costumes, and they have a lot of just, just great, it's a great toy store. So if you're up there, go to it. And say hi to Jenny Bergman for me. Stand-up comedy. should probably talk about this. I am in Los Angeles for a week or so doing a headline set over at the Hollywood Improv with a bunch of comics that I got to pick to open for me. And that that's neat. Hollywood Improv on March 28th. And then the beginning of April, I think my next road gig is in Salt Lake City. Wise guys. I don't think it's Trolley Square. I think it's the other one, which I haven't played in years. Let's see what that's like. Let's get into the show, though. Dork time. Let's do it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am sitting in my living room because there was a convention and a man emailed me. You could email me, uh, men and women <laughs> of the world, and Mike Olson did. Welcome to the program, Mike Olson. Thank you. It's great to be here. Excellent. And then Andy Ashcraft is here because we're going to be discussing gaming. And I went
0: to that convention.
1: And you also went to that convention. And why don't I do this? Mike Olson with an O. Yeah, that's right. And at Devlin, the number one, D-E-V-L-I-N, one. Right. And (laughs) spiritoftheblank.blogspot.com. Correct. Is where all sort of the promo stuff is. And you're a game designer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm a a freelance game designer. I've done a lot of work uh, with the Fate System.
1: With the Fate System, which... um,
2: Which powers Atomic Robo. Which
1: powers Atomic Robo. And these are all words that I have heard before. Yeah, uh, but not not in in that combination. Nope, not in that (laughs) sentence. So, Atomic Robo is a role-playing game based on a comic book. Right. A comic book that Andy Ashcraft insists that I have read.
0: Right. We have one. We have one volume of it.
1: And I've probably read it. Yep. But I cannot, for the love of me, life uh, (laughs) find out what I've done with it. Uh, (laughs) Completely silly. But before we go there, now, what was the name of the con that you guys went to?
2: Oh, uh, OrkCon. It's one of the three Strategic Con conventions that happen in L.A. Uh, during the year. Oh, wow. I don't know why they insist on calling all of them Strategic Con and then individual names for each of them, OrkCon, Gate- GameX, and Gateway, this is just confusing to talk about.
0: Well, they they used to all be individually run and own. Right, right, and so that's why uh, I went to them in junior high. Right, I remember right. These you names. were you were here before I was. So. <laughs> wow, did you grow
1: up in Los Angeles?
2: I grew up in the Valley, like in Woodland Hills, Calabasas. Okay, area. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I started playing D and D when I was eight. Wow! So all right, I, I was. I remember, I remember going to conventions when junior high, eleven, twelve. 12. Oh, that's, that's fantastic.
1: Think about California is that, uh, especially Los Angeles, people will be like. Yeah, there's a thing. There's a th- let's take you and and point you in the direction of the right. people that you're clearly attracted to. Right. And so, so you have been working on games and and this type of thing for a million years. Well,
2: I played games and ran games a lot and have been a fan. You know. Sort of on and off. Um, and then about five or six years ago, I actually got to start making games for oh. money, which was very cool.
1: Uh, that is, uh, that is the dork. That's the dream. Yeah, that is the dork yeah. dream. That is the dork forest dream where you get to
0: how, do the thing. How did, you did love. that happen? How did that just sort of, did it just fall into your lap? or um, what happened?
2: Yeah, it did. Um, I have this blog, Spirit of the Blank, that we mentioned that I was, I was really taken with this, with fate, uh, specifically this game called Spirit of the Century, which was the game that uh, kind of brought fate to the, to the main, well, i not going to say mainstream, but to the attention of a lot of people in gaming. Okay. And I really fell in love with it, and I wanted to use it for everything. It was written as a like a <laughs> 20s pulp game, but I wanted to hack it and make it do different things. And so I had a lot of ideas for that, so I thought I would start this blog and pretend that anyone would care about that. And then after about a year of that, um, Chris Birch, who uh, had uh, written a game called Starblazer Adventures, which also used Spirit of the Century as a core, he emailed me about working on uh, a fantasy version of Starblazer Adventures because that's mostly what I was blogging about and uh I was like yeah great absolutely so that game was called Legends of glare and um and it was also a tabletop yeah yeah Okay. and uh it was uh my first experience working on a game and I was super excited and I never asked about a contract or what I might be paid for it or sure. anything and uh you know what? With one thing and another, I had that book in my hands before I knew what my word rate was going to be for it. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It was a it was a start. It was a credit I could claim yeah. later. Mm-hmm. And then um and then I got other work off of uh, that and the blog, and it just snowballed. Oh, well, that's there, great.
1: That's that 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 is a that that's a blog uh, dream. Yeah. Dream yeah. Exactly. Story. It's I I wrote toward people that I didn't know were even listening, and then right. somebody cared. So, <laughs> yeah. that's perfect. So, you've always played, you've always gamed?
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Since, like, because I only played Monopoly in life right. as a child. And then you guys were playing D&D and all other role-playing games, the major one. Especially small press indie games of today and old school games of the 80s. Yeah. What are the old school games of the 80s well, that you like, played? Well, like, like
2: mm-hmm. Advanced Dungeons & Dragons or, you know, like like Champions. old games from the 80s. Champions, yeah, which I didn't play in the 80s, but I got into later, but uh top secret uh gamma world like these old games that came out right in the uh, tunnels and trolls right in the wake of d and d okay they were kind of a sort of a response to d and d in some ways um oh gamma they were world like top secret less so but tunnels, tunnels and trolls for sure but okay. uh you know d and d kind of broke it open and then a lot of other people started making games and uh I like those old games
1: so so people really like d and d and so yep. what happened was is they were like oh well let's take that that that
2: the idea. the idea and, uh, and, of a and set it games. in other yeah, yeah. the idea yeah. of a
1: role-playing game and put it in another yeah. or like, world. like
2: traveler mm-hmm. let's do that in the far future where you have a ship and you're going around trying to make money or let's do it in the 20s where you're all uh, gangbusters or let's do it in the old west on, okay you know, Boot hill or you know <laughs> right. like let's other genres to role play in other than fantasy okay so um and, and, and you played
1: most of them i played many a, of them i played a
2: lot of those yeah and, and how many of them hold up now like um, it's hard to, modern... I'm, I'm so charmed by them.
1: <laughs> like, oh, okay, like so you I, cut I them know. a fair
2: amount of slime. Yeah, yeah, I like to, I like to take new games, now, I mean, in those days, games were sort of a physics simulator in some ways, I don't want to tar them with that brush necessarily, but... But yeah. by that, I mean, like, here are the rules of a world. Here's how things make sense. Should make... Like, if you were there and you were going to fall this far, you take some damage from that. And, okay. You know, they talk about those things. And you can only move so far and this and that. And <laughs> a lot of games today are written with a more narrative bent. Well, you're more concerned about making a good story okay. than the physics. You're thinking right. like We're if you are less saw concerned this in a about movie, whether, whether your shoes are going to wear out. Right. <laughs> if well, you saw this in a movie, would, yeah. then what would ha- what would be a cool thing to happen here? Or okay. can I move another five feet? Like, who cares? We're not measuring feet. Just like yeah. if in, yeah. a mo- in a movie you would be over there and you would do that thing. So okay. I like to take those new narrative indie games and make them do D&D instead. Because it's kind of funny to me, and I like to I like to hack <laughs> games to make them do other things.
1: So you sort of munchkin blend like a, a new game which is all narrative with an old game which is yeah. worried about how much rope you have. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and try to make those mechanics in the old games work. Yeah, the I, new I like game? to see
2: like in this other subgenre. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make this thing work there. So like uh, a good does, example does is, it uh, always? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's um like, true. A good
2: example is a friend of mine, Josh Roby. He. Um, For Margaret Weiss Productions, he wrote the role-playing game of Smallville, the TV show. Okay. So Smallville, in that game, it's because he watched the show. He was not a fan of the show, but he (laughs) he watched the whole show, and he really dissected it, and you figure out what it's about. It's like literary criticism. You break this thing down, what's actually happening, and that show and that game are all about relationships and things you care about. No one cares what your dexterity is, what your strength is, right? right? It's not about that. It's about your relationships. So. I thought it'd be great to take that and do old D and D with it, and let's let's do the Village of Hamlet with Smallville instead. Oh, <laughs> What's so, the Village of Hamlet? Oh, well, it's it's an it's an old AD and D. It was yeah, the, the little module. Yeah, the, a okay. lot of people played through. So, so,
1: but, so, but, but literally, I don't know what it right, is. Right, right. Yes, so, what's the uh what is the story of the what's happening in the village? Uh, Why is is the village being attacked attacked no, by so somebody? Uh,
2: in the village itself, there's this old abandoned moat house, and there's some like an evil cult living there, and you got to deal with that. It's that's premise, Lex Luthor. The premise. So, of, did you like superimpose? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, w- it wasn't about supers. It was just about let's take D and D characters instead of making them about their charisma or their uh intelligence let's make them about what they value and let's make them about their relationships to other people oh
1: you're doing it opposite yeah. of what i thought you yeah. were doing and let's
2: see if it still works let's see how it still works when like you know you attack that goblin and you're good at it because you value your, you value truth okay <laughs> you know? okay like let's Take that same paradigm and shift it. I I, I thought it was really I don't yeah. Know. To me, it was really funny and it worked. So.
1: Well, it's I don't know. I mean, if it's funny, then you win. That's but the, all but, I care about. <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy thing is, is that I thought you were taking Smallville and trying to force it into the oh, into no. the no. square peg. No, I don't. You're care doing about, the
2: opposite. Yeah, I just care about the mechanics. I rip the mechanics out of a thing and put okay. them into another genre.
1: Okay, but right. the new mechanics, not the old mechanics. Yeah, yeah. You're like, the old mechanics are whatever. Yeah. The narrative is more fun than than yeah. worrying about so the- So, we'll see,
2: how does this play if we emphasize different things and okay. use a system and... that, that does that?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Because Smallville is, of course, the OC. I mean, it's pretty yeah. little liars yeah. with <laughs> yeah. superpowers. Yeah. And it's fine. It's uh, less women make out. That's all. Yeah.
2: And um, so, w- what, uh Yeah. I, I mean that, that was just one thing. I, yeah. I do that with a lot of games. I, I just think it's kind of
0: what other indie fun games. What other indie games do you do you like uh, that are out there? I mean, there's, um, it's been, there's been a them? weird sort of explosion of this. Yeah, there indie have, game. Yeah,
2: well, because uh, the internet has made it a lot easier, and the rise of uh, PDF publishing. Mm-hmm. Drive through RPG is a website where you buy things on PDF, and anyone can put a PDF together of a game if they want to put the effort into it and yeah. put it up there for sale. Or on a pay what you want basis or for free if you just want to get it out there. Okay. Um, and there are print on demand publishers like Lulu and stuff that make it really easy for suddenly anyone can just make a game and put it out there, which is great. But there are eight million games out there now. Right. There used to be five or something. Um, so, or five that you could have access to anyway.
1: Right. So um, it's gotta be fun. But yeah. To, but yeah. it's sort of like going,
2: how do you find this stuff? Right. Exactly.
1: Going to Ross Dress for Less. Uh, last yeah. episode was about sales. Anyway, so, but you gotta go through the racks. And yeah. to try to find a good one? Yeah.
0: Right, or you got to find somebody who, who's played a bunch of them yeah. and give us recommendations.
2: You look at reviews are a big deal. You know, you try is there to a board game geek
1: them. kind of situation for this?
2: Yeah, yeah. there's there's RPGgeek.com, okay. and there's oh, also those? RPG.net, which okay. is a big role-playing game site.
1: So there's people reviewing There's them lots people. of sites,
2: though, but yeah. And um, then... Yeah, role-playing game, uh, RPG.net has a lot of, uh, reviews. And like, then the people days. you're
1: standing next to who happen to yeah. play RPGs yeah. are also wandering around the internet playing yeah. things you aren't. Or you go, like, <laughs> like, I had an
2: interest in this game, uh, OVA, and I was trying to find out more about it, and so I went to, like, the company's website, I looked on the forums, and I was trying to figure out, like, when could I get this thing in print, because it didn't exist in print yet, and, um, do you like it better in print? Yeah, a lot better because it's so I don't have to have a device with me. Like I'd rather just have a book. Then right. I can kind of oh. flip to that page. I don't have to keep swiping to find the right page. Okay. Um, but that one in particular, OVA, isn't available in print yet. So I ran it yesterday, actually, um, to do Star Wars, not the thing it was intended to do. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you are big munchkin like blender guy. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah. it's
2: that's that's a big thing. Like, yeah, yeah. There's Fate to me is a game about. Like I just always assume everyone wants to hack it to do other stuff, and that's not the case. But that's, <laughs> that's my assumption all the time.
1: So, the fate is—is is it the game mechanics? Is fate the yeah yeah? Is, so it's, 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 a, rules. it's a set of
2: rules mm. about uh, how like about how things work in the game. So when you say a game is powered by a certain system, it just means this is this is okay. the, the rules are. Are so this.
1: they're set in here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is, you, you have given me a book. Thank you very much.
2: It's called Fate Accelerated. And it won, uh, a, um, last year at Gen Con it won an award for best family game of 2013. Nice. Okay. Congratulations.
1: Well, that's neat. Yeah. And, uh, um, so the, the, yeah, so. Okay, so this has the rules, and and it can be applied to anything, but it is applied.
2: No, th- it is applied just to this. This is no genre in Fate Accelerated. You take that, you take it, and make it be about whatever you want.
1: Oh, okay, so, so this is a
2: separate yeah, this bunch just, of
1: rules that yeah. you can su- yeah. use on anything. Right. Oh, which good.
2: people do. People use it around supers and Star Wars and anything, whatever you know. And
1: that's what you did yesterday. Yeah. Okay,
2: and you did. well with a different game, but yeah, but I, I've certainly used Fate Accelerated before. It's it's great. Okay. It's a, it's what powers your
0: Atomic Robo game.
2: Atomic Robo is powered by Fate Core, which is a slightly more intricate version okay. of Fate. Fate Accelerate is kind of the stripped-down intro version, in a way, of Fate Core, but people like it right. a lot on its own, just as its own thing. Okay. So Atomic Robo is a slightly more intricate version of Fate Core, in a okay. way. Okay. Um, but it's also made for um, sort of a quick pick-up-and-play. Character creation is very fast. Mm -hmm. okay Um, in the comic atomic robo which we should probably mention what that is yeah Um, sure so the premise is in 1923 nikola tesla builds a robot assistant basically who's immortal and invulnerable and um he's just kind of intended to help tesla with his work and then carry it on after he's gone i did read this okay hi hi guys uh, she she remembers (laughs) so then uh after a while atomic robo um Starts a, a sort of a think tank company called Tesladyne. Okay. And um, uh, gathers around him a group of action scientists who work for Tesladyne. They're all scientists, but they're also getting involved in action stuff. Sure. And they're sanctioned by the UN to go around the world and solve weird science problems and deal with things. So there's... If there's sort of super. I want to be elements. an action scientist. Yeah. who doesn't? That's yeah. why the game exists. Yeah, that's it. Everyone wants <laughs> to be an action scientist. About. So in the in the comic, um, you'll see faces. I, this struck me that you'll see people that you don't know who they are at first, and then over the course of a few issues, you get to know who they are. So there's a lot of action scientists. Okay, so that's how the game works. In the beginning, you might just have a few little things we know about you, and then you fill in the details as you play. So if you suddenly need to be better at flying a plane, you can be better at flying a plane. Okay. Because this is the moment in the story where we find out that you're better at flying a plane. <laughs> right.
1: Right. This is okay. what I mean about
2: caring, about caring about narrative and how a movie would work okay. or a book instead of the physics of it. Okay. Right. So instead yeah. of developing your entire character beforehand – and being like, ooh, I wish I had taken this yeah. skill instead of that. You just do it in the moment.
1: That's a, in, in our DND game, the, uh, the artificer guy had to spend his entire time up in the attic building things. And so he didn't get to be in some of the, some, some of the action, like right. John's character, whatever. But it was, it was, yeah. So yeah. just the narrative where you're just like, okay, we're yeah.
2: playing a movie. In a movie, would we have, would, would this guy just disappear for an hour of a movie and then come back? <laughs> Probably not. So in Atomic Robo, for example, there are rules for inventing things, because we're all scientists, so right. you're an engineer, so you're gonna make things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the invention rules assume that you will successfully make the thing, because you're great. Like, you're never not gonna make it, there's no right. chance of failure. <laughs> nice. All you're worried about is what kind of complications do you have to go through to get the thing you wanted. So, for example, in one issue of Atomic Robo, Robo needs to build this weird, uh, like, hyperdimensional containment cage for this, uh, exotemporal being that keeps, uh, in, like, in Incurring onto our dimension and doing stuff that's bad, so he enlists the help of Carl <laughs> Sagan. This is in the seventies. Okay. He gets Carl Sagan to help him. Sure, Carl Sagan. Uh, together, they take some uh, sensor array from the from Pioneer from NASA, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they put this thing together. Well, those are all complications they had to go through to make the. Th- of course, they're going to make the thing, and they're going to make it in time because it would be a dumb story right. if it didn't happen. That <laughs> right. <way. laughs> it's got to. So those are complications. He had to use his connections. Robo had to convince Sagan to help him. They have to go out to a certain locations. So, you, know, you know, like.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's, so it works, that's so, the, that's so, the conceit we're working with. Okay, so that, so that's, that's the story and then that transfers into games. Yeah. And now you get to work in games, but right. you also get to play a shitload of games.
2: I do. And, I try uh, to. You,
1: <laughs> that's that is your main focus when you go to a. Con- I mean, you're going to, yeah. for work. I but you try I, to weed off. Yeah. And,
0: yeah and how many? How many games did you run versus how many games did you get to play?
2: I ran three games this weekend. Okay. Um, one of them was an Atomic Robo game, playtesting right. something that uh, Brian Clevenger, the author of Atomic Robo, and I are working on right now. Okay. Um, and that was a lot of fun. That was basically playing the bad guys from. As we usually know them, there's a this bad guy organization, but playing okay. them as the good guys because I think they right. they think they are the good guys. So it was a lot of fun. So we're, okay. we're both really excited about these bad guys as good guys. And <laughs> he wants to do like comics about it now. I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah. Um. So I ran that. I ran D and D, and I ran this OVA Star Wars game about droids okay. uh, fighting for uh, equal rights.
1: What D and D?
0: Well, did you did you did you mash it up into? Did you mash fate into it or no, no, just regular D
2: and D? No, no, no. I ran D and D, D and ran okay. for organized play. D&D. Oh, oh, D&D. oh, fair enough. Okay. And I played okay. all D and D all weekend. That's all <laughs> really? I played. I've gotten super sucked into the organized play adventurers league thing right. for D and D. the the new edition of D and D, is, is that the fifth edition? Yeah, fifth edition. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, I was a big fan of fourth edition too. I really didn't think I was going to like 5th edition. And then right before it came out, I got intensely interested in it. (laughs) And now, I mean, I I occasionally, a couple times a month or something, I get to run a D&D game for a few friends in Temecula, where I live. Nice. And um, that's been great. I've really been enjoying that. When I come to these conventions, I never get the chance to play a character and see them grow over time. Because right. I just I have two kids and I don't have a weekly game situation going on. I pretty much only game at conventions. Mm. So okay. then the oh, opportunity to do life. that with d and D character right. was irresistible, and it still is. Yeah. So I blew off a game I really wanted to play last night to play D and D instead. There you go. Nice. And I, feel, <laughs> I feel dirty. Like, um, and I didn't play any with any of the cool games with the cool kids downstairs. I didn't play any indie games. I didn't. You know, right? my friends were running great games, and I was like, oh, that sounds great. Really want to play D&D? <laughs> I'm
1: going to sit over here and find out if they have Cheetos. Yeah. And uh, live some sort of caricature. But the thing is, is I, th- I think that that's the important, I mean, because gaming is your job,
2: I think you do have to fill your
1: life with the game that you want to play.
2: That's what I tell my wife.
1: It refills the well, man. It refills the no, well. No, it's,
2: it's true. You do have to expose yourself to a lot of stuff. It's not enough to just, um, like, uh, it's not enough to read games. You know, you yeah. got to play them. I think, um, yeah, and that's that's part of the the thing that interests me when I take a game I've never played before and then hack it to do something else. Is that's my my gimmick, my excuse to need to play this game because okay. I'm doing something else with it. If right. I just showed up and said we're going to play an anime game using OVA, there's not enough gimmick there for me. But if I say we're going to gonna do it for Star Wars and it's okay. going to be about droids fighting for equal rights. That is a gimmick. (laughs) What
1: does OVA stand
2: for? OVA stands for Original Voice Actor, which is – it's an acronym used to describing anime about whether it's dubbed or subbed.
1: Oh. So OVA – the next one of the next episodes is uh, Sailor Moon. She's not in the Navy. Did you know that? No, I did.
2: Um, uh, let me tell you, I don't want to get up <laughs> on attention to Sailor Moon, but I saw Sailor Moon in the 90s when I was living in Canada, and I was just like, what is this? Was, yeah. It was so baffling, and so I had to watch it every day. Right. <laughs> and then I found out that this is Just How Schoolgirls Dress in uh, Japan. In Japan?
1: Well, yeah. Paige Branson got sucked into it, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, the, in I, the... Listen, I get it. Yeah. Oh, I think young boys get it a little bit more than yeah, Paige Branson no. does, but uh, uh, yeah, she was I, on board. And, but it was it, it was okay. So I believe she watched it both s- subtitled, and she watched it initially dubbed. Yeah, I watched then, it
2: dubbed because yeah.
1: and then and then it led to subtitled. Right,
2: right. So once you see those kind of things in subtitles, you uh, for me you hear the difference in the voice acting is so like it's so remarkable. I can't understand what they're saying, but it's yeah. Right, but you can you, know, tell. you get the. There's a lot more emotion, and it's very funny. Mm -hmm. And then also the subtitles are often uh, more accurate than the dubbing would have been. Right,
1: and and you get used to subtitles. Yeah, I mean it takes approximately four minutes for you to forget that it's subtitles. Yeah, I don't. The
0: the American companies that are putting these together don't don't hack them up as much as they used to in the seventies too. So yeah, they're they're a little bit more like, like you know Voltron.
1: Um, what was, Dragon yeah. Ball Z was very different when I ended up, I bought like, um, just bootleg at their, that place, Mandela,
0: mm-hmm.
1: game, Man- Toy Mandela, Toy Mandela yeah. used to Sherman have, Oaks. Sherman Oaks used to have, uh, bootleg <laughs> versions of Dragon Ball Z. Right. On VHS. And the kid I was, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was a childcare, I did nannying or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kid that I babysat for, for Christmas, he was a giant Dragon Ball Z because he was seven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got, and I was like, I'm so sorry they're subtitled. You're going to have to learn to read. And, uh, you know, that's from Agora Hills. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they don't read. No, he's, a kid. Hey, that's where I grew up. And, uh, no, I know he's, <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's, no, he's, a, and he's a very, and he's a musician actually. Okay. Um, he's, uh, he plays the guitar and he's a jazz musician in Seattle. And because um, he's a man now, because I'm a hundred, right, right. <laughs> anyway. So, but he, uh but yeah. So that was that was part of it. I've weeded off role playing yeah. games. Sure. So, but but we've gone into anime, which is fine. And so, and you like to mix them up, anyway. Do
2: you play any board games or do you? Yeah, I like. Yeah, there are board games I like a lot. Um, and like I was going to play Imperial Assault last night. Uh, that Star that Wars. Was the version was Descent that I blew off to play. I was just I took a number of factors into account as decided to play D&D, but um, no, I absolutely, <laughs> but um, uh, my thing is I often won't buy a board game that I'm really interested in, because I figure if I'm going to play it, I'll be playing it with someone else who's also interested in it, and they'll probably own it. And they will oh, own nice. it, Which is yes. often the case. And all. you have
1: two children, so yeah, you're constantly thinking, yeah. $65, or? Yeah,
2: they get put on a high shelf.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, how old are your kids?
2: Uh, two and five.
1: Okay, so oh. they're super little so yeah. far, yeah, and right. they will one day...
2: In a few more years they
0: will
1: be yeah. they'll be old
2: My five year old son Ben has started to he started to ask me questions about Dungeons and Dragons, or as mm. he's called it, because he's confused it with words with friends, uh Dragons with Dungeons. Oh fair oh, enough. Right. Um, <laughs> Dragons so with Dungeons. I I showed him he was looking at the uh the DM screen for the new edition. I was showing it to him, look at this picture, it's this is a cool picture and all stuff. And I mm-hmm. turned it over and it's all charts and stuff on the back. And he goes, oh, I didn't know this was for a game. Oh. I was like, yeah. So you uh, recognize that right away. So, right. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he asked, he ask me like one question a day. He says, for this, for Dragons with Dungeons, do you make your own character? Oh, there like, you yeah, go. Yeah, you do make your own character. He goes, well, okay. No more questions that day. The next day, for Dragons with Dungeons, do you, you get to name your character? Oh. Yeah, that's right. So, like a little tiny thing it takes. <laughs> and he's processing I'm, it. into yeah, 24 yeah. hours. He's he's in the lab. Yeah, I'm. I'm in no hurry. If he's interested, that's great. But I'm. A, I'm in no hurry to like shove right. that particular interest on him. Not oh, like Star yeah. Wars. Okay. I'm in a hurry to shove Star Wars on
0: him.
2: Get to it. As well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, he's about ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I am um, I actually the
0: animated show is kind of perfect for
2: five. I haven't shown yeah, him so. Rebels. But okay. he has seen Star Wars. He's seen the movie Star Wars. And he's watched the Lego Star Wars shorts, which are right, great. Which are great. Right. They're really funny. And the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special, which was so clever. I, I don't know that show, really, but that special was really funny.
1: You know, I've heard really good things about Phineas and Ferb. You yeah. said that you on your awesome list of dorkdoms, current t- kids television. Yeah, because absolutely. Because you have little kids. Yeah, yeah. but
2: you know, I enjoy these shows on my own. <laughs> like I don't watch them on my own, but I have no problem turning left, them on. Turning on the great thing is, most everything on PBS is just fantastic. They're and they're still nailing it. Yeah, on yeah. F- on PBS. Yeah, what new, the heck? new shows? What is it? Um, what, are, what, what, are, what am I missing? Sesame Street is still funny. Okay. And still has really clever, well, not still, but has cleverer parodies of things than. Oh, we
0: ever. have seen some of those. Yeah. We saw, we saw the. Homelam.
2: Homelam yeah. and. Uh, I saw. Stuff that there's no reason to parody. On Arthur, <laughs> they did a, a spot on parody of Downton Abbey. No kid who watches Arthur is right. also watching That's Downton for you, Abbey. That's for you. Yeah. That's, that's gotta for, be that's so for the mom great. and dad. Yeah. Oh, that's great. On Odd Squad, which Odd is Squad. this Canadian show that I really love, it's about a group of. A secret organization of kids, not secret, but an organization of kids that solve, uh, they go around the world and they fix things that are odd or or, oh, or strange, right? Okay. So so it's great. It's <laughs> ripe right like, for well- a role playing game. Like, that's I mean, a role playing <laughs> game now. Um, but it's Canadian. There's an episode where they had on uh, Mark McKinney, Scott Thompson, and Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. Wow. So that was great. And then. In that episode, someone has a birthday and they sing a birthday song to him from an episode of Kids in the Hall wow. that I recognized.
1: Yeah, and
2: that's <laughs> super for me. Like yeah.
1: that's that not for a, kids at all. At and all. It was so like, that was the 25 best. years ago. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. And so that's so Odd Squad. Odd so- Squad.
2: I can't remember highly. En- I can't recommend highly enough. And also Peg Plus Cat.
1: Peg plus cat, I've never Peg even plus, heard of it. I know,
2: well you wouldn't have. <laughs> right, right. But Peg plus cat is, um it's a show about a girl and her cat and it's all about teaching math, but it's really funny and sweet and clever. Oh, that's great. And I especially love it because it's about a girl doing math and mm-hmm. yeah. basically, my dad's a math professor at Cal State Fullerton. Okay. And he runs summer programs for specifically to keep Junior high girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Oh, that's. So, um, I'm aware through him that, like, we got this problem where all kids start off interested in science and or math, and then over time, they, are they lose their interest. Yes. Especially girls. Mm-hmm. So I think Peg Plus Cast is fantastic in that way, and also just really smart and, and funny.
1: And funny as well. Yeah. So, and Arthur's still holding up? Yeah,
2: you know, I never watched Arthur as a kid, but that's been on for 26 years. Right! Wow. There's a um, new Arthur! Yeah, yeah. Right. They had and, to get a uh, new Arthur. It's, there was drama. It's pretty good. Um it's, uh, they, they tackle, only on Arthur do they tackle certain things, like there's one about adoption, there's one about a girl who, uh, still wet the bed and she was had, going to a sleepover and she was really concerned about that. Right. Like they do... Weirdly serious things yeah. on Arthur, <laughs> yeah. and they tackle them in a good way, and I, I'm impressed by that show. It's not of those; it's it's not my favorite show, but it's right. still great.
1: Right, it's very simple, but it yeah. is very it, it it isn't dumb at all. I've I've seen more Arthur than anything else. Yeah. So, no, it, it's good.
2: <laughs> and, it's
0: been on longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well and and, and Sesame, Sesame Street, Street I've only seen I've only yeah. seen those parodies. It
2: uh, Sons of Poetry <laughs> and uh it you, was I mean, you could go on naming them and we'd never run out because the list <laughs> is so great.
1: What's a good what's a couple of good ones that I haven't um, seen because those they, are the only two I've
2: seen. They, they'll do be on series. YouTube. Yeah, they they do a series of uh Cookie Monster parodies. Uh it's uh, it's I can't remember. What the name of the okay the umbrella for it is, but there's Lord of the Crumbs. There was like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, he okay, is, he is um <laughs> like Frodo, like he has hair kind of like Frodo. He has like the curly hair, but he's also Gollum because he's he's supposed to make these cookies and follow directions. Okay, and all of these Cookie Monster things are about impulse control for kids. Okay, that's like the the main message. That's, yeah, so he wants to just eat the chocolate chips. <laughs> and the the golem part of him is trying to talk him into just eating the chocolate chip. Right, and he's it's like, Smiggle no, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a Slinker and Stinker. Yeah, so um, so he's he has to like concentrate on just making the cookies like he's supposed to. And there's like a Galadriel figure, and there's like a Gandalf figure. Oh, that's like, it was awesome! Just hilariously, uh, like that yeah. one really sticks out as being funny.
1: That th- that's so great because they're needed. I mean. That was the purpose when we were kids. I mean, yeah. re- remember for years they were constantly talking about how all the kids – because a lot of the Disney shows are dumb for dumb's sake. And they aren't even – like High School yeah. Musical, I watched all three of those movies. Um, I, there was a reason. No. I can't remember. Where's your medal? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I saw the first one and I was fascinated because I was like, oh, it'll be like Grease. And I love Grease. Yeah. But Grease is filthy. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 9 years old, I saw yeah. Grease and didn't get it half of it, but I loved it and I sang those horrible songs about getting laid, uh yep. like a crazy person, as did every 9-year-old girl in the world. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw High School Musical probably 5 years ago and I watched all 3 of them and there is no adult content. Right. And Disney could not have been more surprised that it that it was popular right. because the first one was just made for television and then the next two were made for the theater, mm-hmm. but they don't even kiss until the third movie so i was like what is the draw of this and uh, and even as a 9 year old i was like well at least somebody's getting some action she's climbing out windows there's trouble but in high school they're not even bad kids yeah, they're yeah. they're like even they're not even doing anything wrong they're just they
0: just get to sing
1: they sing and there's drama yeah. and they're sad occasionally they have a they got feels well, <laughs> they can to all... set up the song. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have a hard time with the Disney shows, but I'm yeah. glad that – so PBS is your main <clears> –
2: <throat> Yeah, there. I think there are things on Disney Junior that are fine. I, that's another channel I could leave on and not really worry about what's on. Like, okay. like any time I turned it on, it would probably be something okay, but it's not that great. Like I usually – Like
1: the writing isn't as good? It's or... just
2: it's just kind of lesson you mm. know? Like okay. it's kind of – like a work together, you know, like right. really just like platitudinous messages okay. that aren't that big but a deal. They haven't, they haven't but they really dug to, to make them clever. Yeah, but but I love that Odd Squad says, um, "Here's here's what patterns are, and here's okay. how you can use patterns to help you do a thing, to help you predict a uh, thing." Or weird. their way, Peg Plus Cat um, says, "Hey, if you're if you're adding one to a number, just count up to the next number." Like they're explicit about. Like math skills or yeah. cognitive skills that you need to have. And that's way more interesting to me than, like, hey, we should be friends. You know, like, like, right, that right, that right, thing. right. And that's why I like Arthur because they're really specific situations about, like, uh, my family is adopting a baby girl from China. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for me? Of
1: right. <laughs> I mean, and they you know, say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's
2: explicitly what it's about. Yeah. It's not about, like, hey, you should be nice to your friends. Like, yeah. You know, there are those episodes too, <laughs> and they're just kind of milk toasty. But I like the ones where. They're speaking to a very specific thing to kids.
1: So if there's PBS, but then like there's Cartoon Network and there's Cartoon cartoons, Network, which
2: he never. I I never put on Cartoon Network for Ben. Like, okay. Just I just it could, there's nothing on it that he's particularly. No, interested I mean look, in. I will show. I'll show him garbage too. He loves Transformers. I'll sure. let him watch the '80s Transformers. Right. Wow. Not the new. Stuff. They're awful because the new ones are really like dark. And Transformers Prime seems really dark. Rescue Bots is fine, but okay. also there's there's. He just likes robots shooting and sure. flying sure. around. Like that's fine. So, so you know, do we wheel. His favorite shirt is. I got him a couple of shirts from Comic Con that I go every year, and his favorite shirt now that he wears he wore twice last week because it got laundered. And then he was allowed to pick out his clothes and yep. he put the same shirt on. Um, is it just a <laughs> Transformers <laughs> shirt? Like a like a like a pictures of a bunch of old Transformers. That's right. It. And he just loves. He,
1: he loves you know, the idea of robots. Yeah, he loves robots. Yeah. Have you taken him to the Universal to see the Transformers? No. Have you seen any of the videos of that? No. Because they are the greatest characters but that anyone the, has that's ever the done. the movie Transformers. They're right?
0: the, they are the movie Transformers, yeah. but it's specifically the characters in the suits that are in the park.
2: Oh, okay. They
0: have some so, giant suits that these guys are in and it's yeah. a phenomenal bit it's a of phenomenal street theater. Right. It's right, right, it's right.
1: street theater and it doesn't really have anything to do with the movies. Right. And um like I never watched I had a Transformer I forgot who the Transformer dork was, but he was great. And, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, it was probably a year and a half ago. That in later. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sure, look it up, people. <laughs> Type in the words dork forest and Transformers, or any dorkdom, and you will find the dorkdom of your <laughs> dreams. So, the, the, the I, I'm, I love the idea that you were like, current kids TV, especially on PBS, and, but do you, does he watch, like, nature shows and stuff too? Do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: well, another thing, I- An antique road show? And, uh, you genealogy you know, what? Road he, shows? for a while, he was totally content to watch HGTV shows. Oh, okay. Like, like, how, home makeover shows. Yeah. And he got really into, um, every time he'd go to the bathroom, he'd rearrange everything in the bathroom. <laughs> and he'd come in and look, look, I, I changed the room. <laughs> I, or we, I put shelves in his room. It's like, oh, are we going to transform my bedroom? He's really excited and he wanted to, like, help <laughs> yeah, yeah. me and look at stuff. And he's not as interested in that, in that anymore. But, sure. um, what he, uh, I've gotten him interested in because I come from, you know, a family of people who are interested in like, uh, I don't know, some, some slightly fringy stuff. My, um my family used to live in Roswell, New Mexico, for example. So okay. I've grown up with aliens stories. Right. So, um, we were watching some TV show about, it was dramatic recreations of close encounters and stuff. Okay. Like that. And, uh, was- it Ancient was, Aliens? No, it was. No, okay. I'm not gonna let him watch Ancient Aliens. Come on. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen gotta that. Gotta draw a line somewhere. Okay. Um but, uh, <laughs> no, it was just like, one of them was best evidence, evidence ever caught on tape, which is all terrible. It's all those blurry spots in the sky. It's like, dang, that's, that's a-, that's a an alien spaceship. Ah. Um, mm-hmm. so, well, we don't know what it is. In all fairness, in I don't think fairness, it's that. It's a but, UFO. But then the recreation shows I like is just someone telling their story mm-hmm. and then you get to see that played out. And so I'm not going to refute someone's story necessarily. Right. I refute the dumb video that doesn't look like anything. Right. right. So he's watching that and he got really interested in that. <laughs> so in the next day, he's like, Daddy, remember that movie about alien spaceships? Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, he's like still thinking about it. Yeah, working working it out. out. Yeah, yeah, that is a,
1: that is, that is a kid that's processing some information. I I like that his processor is slow and thorough. Yeah, yeah. Whatever (laughs) information you give
2: him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kids have an incredible memory because they don't have to remember much. Right. So all of that space that, you know, we have taken up with, I don't know, you know, an eighth grade math test. Last uh, year. And our failure there. And, right, like He doesn't have to know that. He remembers everything. He'll bring up a thing from a year and go, remember that thing? It's a simpler time. Yeah.
1: That's why we yeah. all think of it as a simpler time. Yeah. Because we didn't have any responsibilities. We just had to get up and right, follow right. direction and hopefully learn something. Are you taking them to, our, to cons
2: yet or no? We went to WonderCon last year. Because Which is you, smaller, right? Yeah. If you have a pro badge for Comic-Con, they just... Throw a pro badge at WonderCon and guest badges at you. They're like, "Here, oh. please go to WonderCon." Oh, that's great. So we were already going to <laughs> note to self. Yeah, note okay. to self. We were going to uh, Knott's Berry Farm this the weekend of WonderCon. Right. And we we're going to stay at a hotel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, let's go the next day to WonderCon and check that out. So, um, we did. And cause my wife never goes there. She's a, a geek supporter, but she's not any kind of geek herself. Okay. Um, but, uh, so we took the kids there and. Oh, we
1: got to have her on because she has a dorked
2: them. Ben was really standoffish <laughs> at first. Like yep. he didn't want to go up to the guys dressed as stormtroopers. He just kind of want to silently look at things by himself. And then we turned a corner and it was the R2D2 and Wally Builders Club. He loves Wally and he loves R2D2. So okay. there's all these full size R2D2s. Right. Full size Wallies, mm-hmm. And then like, now he wants to get down to go over there and check them out and look yep. them and stuff. And so that was really great to see oh, him cool. do that. He was That's so excited cool. about
1: that. Was that in the dealer room or was that just yeah. out and yeah, about? no,
2: that was in the dealer room. Yeah. It's yeah, a the exhibit hall, or a, I guess mm, I can't call it a dealer room if they're not selling Wally's, but right, right, <laughs> yeah, whatever exhibit. it is, yeah, um, that room.
1: Okay, so yeah. there's is an exhibit room different
2: than a dealer no, room? No, no, I'm, oh. I'm just being pedantic.
1: Oh, fair enough. Which is another one of my doorknobs. Oh, there the we animation. go. Let's put that on the <laughs> list. <Pedantry> <laughs> and <laughs> grammar. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. A lot. Two words. And, um, yeah, that's um, because I I have I've now been to probably six conventions. Yeah, and uh, right. and I like them. They're they're great. They're a little crowded. A little crowded. A lot, yeah, a lot it depends of people. on the convention. Yeah,
0: and we, we you've been to some of the most crowded conventions too. Yeah, so Comic Con is the worst. Comic Con, which was I think your first
1: convention. Yeah, it was. Uh, and uh, it was un, like unfortunate. Three or four years ago yeah. It was
0: yeah crazy crowded.
1: Yeah, and, and it then it gets worse every year. And then Gen Con last year, which right. was right. Gen Con last year. Yeah, yeah.
2: Jackie. <laughs> right, because you were at Gen Con, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing them for the past few well, years.
1: Well, I'm going to do stand-up and I do a live dark forest at Gen oh, Con awesome. this year. So, but, I mean, we're in the talks. I was
2: trying to get – Please uh, don't hold me to, to that. I was trying okay. to get uh, a Thrilling Adventure Hour and we hope. come out and do uh, panels and podcasts at Gen Con. So it's oh, like, yeah. let's, make, well, let's go promote this proximity game. And, you know,
1: yeah. And uh, well, well Thrilling – I'm sure um, – I just got a text from – uh I get it mixed up. Yeah. Uh I One think it was Acker. Fans? And, uh, cause he was on the show talking about his favorite. And, and one of them came to Thrilling Adventure Hour the other night. And everyone, he's met everyone but Wes Anderson now. Wow. And, uh, he has three favorite. It was the guy who did Hot Fuzz or? Oh, you're right. Yeah, he was at Thrilling Adventure Hour the other night. <sighs> oh, and, um. <laughs> what <Well>, I get <guess>. for. <laughs> Oh, well. and, um, but the, Have uh, you had a chance to see any of it live? Or oh, yeah, yeah, it, I've, yeah. I. You've seen, cause you were a thrilling adventure hour dork as well from yeah, your t-shirt. Because yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. you're wearing a thrilling adventure. Yeah, I will t-shirt. make
2: the drive, the hour and a half drive to there to see from the show. From Temecula. From Temecula and then drive back that night. To see okay. Alright, for sure. It's, Every uh, time? I will be doing it in March and April for the last two shows. Okay. I, uh, I was I've only enough. seen
1: one, but it was wonderful.
2: Yeah, they all are.
1: It was. It is an yeah. amazing
2: yeah. production and effort and a beautiful – I feel like a fool because every time after every show, I go up to an actor and or a Blacker and say, really amazing show tonight. Maybe the best show? Like it right. feels like I say that every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
1: it is. It it's is, true. It's it true. Very it's very cool. It's always
2: such a good time. And if you enjoy the podcast, uh, the live experience is so much more. Like you would think because I was like, I don't need to see it live. I listen to the podcast. I right. get it. But the live experience is just – it's a whole other thing.
1: Well, you're sitting in a room with 270 people who really wanted to see. I mean, there's, there's so much an
2: energy. There's so much going on on stage visually oh. that you can't see. Like the little looks they give each other or oh, the, even the yeah. blocking or how someone enters or exits the stage. or okay. Just lots of stuff that goes on that you don't get out of the podcast. Right. But also the community aspect. These same people come to every show and you see the same people once a right. month and – you know, that's, that's really good. Which is too.
1: sort of a con feel as well. Yeah,
2: it definitely, it feels like a monthly convention for your really <laughs> adventure art, Yeah. <laughs> which is, it's
1: which, con. It's, it's <laughs> real con. Yeah, they should have, it, it, it's interesting to me that they even do the, the, the community part of it is, I think, the most fascinating thing about conventions. Just because you yeah. end up getting these sort of lifelong, it's like camp. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, it's anime camp mm-hmm. or it's, it's, mm-hmm board game camp or whatever and then you run into the same people yeah you see
2: the same people three times a year or whatever and they're never seeing again
0: i hadn't been to one in easily 10 years oh really here in los angeles um a gaming convention and uh going back there this time i'm like I know that guy. I yeah. I met that guy before. Mm-hmm. I met that guy before. I met that guy <laughs> so before. So everybody's
1: still going. All these
0: people yeah. I don't remember their names and they don't remember me and I don't remember anything about them other than they just look really familiar and I'm sure I've played a game with them in the past.
1: Right. Now uh, Matt Weinhold's been on the program a couple of times and he loves monsters mm-hmm. and has uh we're gonna go to something called Monster Palooza. Which is uh three times a year as well, I mm-hmm. think, or something like that here in Los Angeles. Because you can get the actors. I mean, I guess yeah. which is why there would be more cons here than right. other places, because you're like, Well, Terry Gar probably is just sitting yeah, at her yeah. house. Why doesn't why don't we invite her?
0: And I love the fact that she goes to Monsterpalooza.
1: Instead of TootsieCon? Instead of Mr. MomCon? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, it is great. Because Young Frankenstein is, I guess
0: it's a monster movie.
1: Right. There is yeah, a monster. Yeah. There's a monster mm-hmm. there, but it is a, yeah, that
2: is a great Listen, movie. Listen, if you were in Young Frankenstein, you'd be riding that out the rest of your life.
1: I mean, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> why if why you, wouldn't you? you? You got a mortgage payment, you might <laughs> yeah. as well show up at Monsterpalooza. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's perfectly good. Alright, now. Before we not talk about it, because I need to talk about it. Hmm. Drum and bugle corps, last thing on your list, and I'm like, I love a drum and bugle corps. Last thing
2: on the list, first thing in, in your mind, in in your heart. Well, I how mar- did it begin? I marched in a drum bugle corps. Yeah, I marched in the Sacramento Freelancers from '90 90 to '92. Well,
1: they're famous. The Freelancers are actually quite well renowned.
2: They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not around anymore, unfortunately. Oh, they- oh. There's an alumni corps, but they folded in after '94. Okay. So, but they are unique in that they, well, maybe not unique anymore, but they were in that they folded in in '86. They didn't field the corps in '86. And they came back in 87, and then in 89, they popped back into finals, which was remarkable. Like, no one had done that before. Yeah, that's... So then after they made finals, I was like, yeah, freelancers, let's march freelance. Yeah. I, I played flute at the time. I didn't even play a brass instrument. Right. So I wasn't even qualified to be a part of that. But I became quickly became a big fan of drum corps because uh, another uh, older girl in uh, high school in our marching band marched right. in the Velvet Knights. And she okay. played youth, uh, euphonium in the Velvet Knights. And so she brought back tapes and videotapes. And I, I was just like I was kind of in a marching band, but it wasn't a huge deal for me. And I saw these, and I like my mind was blown. Like I was so, like I don't know, I could not what? process how was great it, th- it was. Well, let me
0: let me go back to that last statement. Yeah, you were in marching band, but it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, how is that even possible? I mean, uh, because it takes it, up so much time. Yeah, and but effort. you
2: play an instrument. But in flute is high. different. Well, you you, you play an instrument. To march. In high. Yeah, so what? So you got to march. You don't have to do it well. It's high school. <laughs> um, you, uh, you know, like you don't have to be super committed. You're there because you need to fill an elective. You play a musical instrument,
1: and so it was just an okay marching band. And yeah, then like, you saw something that was incredible well, and I really well done. It. We,
2: my freshman year of high school, we had we were pretty good. Yeah, because the previous band director was really good and had built up a great program. So we had this huge big band. The show was already written. Yep. Mm. the new director came in and just had to direct that. Got it. And we did well. Um after that we took a precipitous nose dive. I really I love that band director, yeah. Tony Kassane, rest in peace. But uh he was he was a great guy dead? and a great drummer. He is. Oh he's Jesus. a great guy and a great drummer. <laughs> but um he right. should not have been directing a high school band. But right. if you're gonna teach high school and you know music, like it's really easy to end up just directing a marching band. You know, sure. Being the the music teacher at a high school means you have to be a band director usually, right. right? So he just ended up doing that. It wasn't really his his gig. But so
1: you just saw the game get raised. Is yeah, that what yeah. it was? So, and that's what blew your mind? Yeah,
2: it was a, it was a sequence of things. I, um, I saw Drum Corps, became a big fan of Drum Corps. 87 was a great year anyway. I think we can all agree to that. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. So, I mean, Garfield, <laughs> Vanguard, those two alone. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> then I got into a group called the Burbank Lancers, okay. which is a youth band that did a similar thing to Drum Corps, but just along the West Coast. They're part of the Pacific Ghost Youth Band Association. Okay. It doesn't work, doesn't exist anymore. So we, uh, during the summer, we, like a month, we toured up and down the west coast and competed and that was great and we won our thing. I yep. Think, uh, I think I, I think I remember I was winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, that was a lot of fun. Then in the, what in did the you winter, play? oh, I played flute and piccolo. Okay, listen to this. Because though.
1: it's a drum corps. They oh, sorry, did this, have,
2: fruit and... no, no, this wasn't a drum corps. This was a band.
1: Okay. That was a band. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I just don't play flute there, but here, listen to this scandalous thing. So <laughs> I played piccolo and I had a solo cause that's pretty good, you sure. know, and everything. Um, and then we, um, there was another band that had come down from Canada that was staying at my high school, and I kind of hung out around them because, like, there was a band staying at my high school. I just want to see what they're about. Yep. And so I got to know some of the people there, and then we went to shows together. Like, we had – that band would go to the same shows we went to, so I got to know some of these people, some of these girls. Yep. And um, we hung out at Disneyland together when we did our Disneyland parades. And then when we went to Vancouver, uh, you know, we did a show there. And then afterwards, uh, a friend and I and the band went out with a couple of these girls. Right. <laughs> and, uh, we shouldn't have done that apparently <laughs> because I came back and we were in super trouble. We both were soloists. I lost my solo. And, uh, wait, it you were,
1: oh, it was some sort of like Pete Rose kind of competition no, was, thing or? Yeah,
2: we're, we're competing. I, I, I think they're an exhibition, but we're doing shows competing. It's, it's not about that. It was just about, You're not supposed to take off. You're a kid. You're a teenager. You're 16 years old. Don't just take off with some girls in a strange city and we don't know what happened to you. Right. It was super irresponsible.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, I was raised in the 70s when you were allowed to do that. No, it was
2: irresponsible. Nobody thought but, you that, you know, you'd uh, be killed. But girls.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, but girls. <laughs> so, girls girls, and boys make girls and boys do yeah. things so, where you weed off and you're like all of a sudden you're so riding that, in a
2: car. Yeah, so, so that was scandalous. <laughs> be careful out there, people. Um, and then I think by the – uh anyway, I, it, was, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, so uh, so I, I marched in the Burbank Lancers, and that was like a, kind of a step above what i have been doing. And then in the winter, I was in the Tournament of Rose's Honor Band, so I marched in the Rose Parade for the next few wow, years. Very nice. And uh, that was another – that felt like a – or maybe they went the opposite direction. Anyway, that felt like a step up. I felt yep. like I was stepping my, my way up to drum corps. And then I got on a bus at Cal State Northridge and one day and rode up to Sacramento and – uh, started rehearsing with freelancers and learning how to play a brass instrument. Like I did not know how to play it. <laughs> right. What did you play? I played French horn bugle at first, which is I learned later when I was a vet.
1: French horn is that like a flugel horn?
2: No, it's like a the tubing of a French horn right. with a bell front uh, arrangement. The, okay. And that's it. So it, you hold it up just like a trumpet or a baritone or anything. It's just with, a lot with of with the three valve. Yeah, three valves.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I
2: didn't have the 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 thumb valve. It wasn't a double horn.
1: Okay, because uh, you should know I'm a bit of a marching band geek myself. Great. And um, that's why I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, is because yeah. I wanted to be in the band. And band. Uh, Rangers of the Dork Forest will have heard this story 13 times. So I will <laughs> spare you uh the sad, unfortunate tri- uh just, I didn't get to be in the band. Anyway, so, <laughs> my brother got me a job instead. Anyway, so, uh, that's a short version. But, uh, but I love Driven Bugle Corps, yeah. just because of the, the... Well,
2: you must have known the Scouts then, if you went yes, to Madison. Yes. You, yeah.
1: And I, I remember yeah. I went to, I went, it was, I, the one summer I lived in Madison, in between, uh, school, um, college, the, 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 there was a festival, a, Competition, well, of, yeah, finals Jing- would happen
2: at, at the, that stadium at, at Camp Randall. Yeah, Camp Randall is such. Can't even it's gone it. now. Just to, yeah, but just to remember it, it's such a was such a great stadium, mm-hmm. and there's like so much history there, drum corps history there. Yeah, that we got to have finals there in uh, two thousand and two. Okay. Our, yeah, 2002, and it was so great to because I was teaching another drum corps at the time. We were the smallest drum corps in DCI. Okay. We had to, to walk in there with those kids was DCI, just so drum awesome. corps
1: international. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Why well, yeah. I remember that very good for me. <laughs> so to
2: get to be there with those kids was yeah. like so rewarding. It's like know. historical. Uh, it, it, it really it felt was. Like we a, were piece of. And then they did their one show there because we weren't going to advance beyond where we were. But we, you know, it, it was just such an uphill thing. And then we walked out of that stadium and me and another instructor just, like, jumped up and down and shouted, like, we did it, we did it, we actually finished the season teaching the score. Yeah.
1: are we so excited. And you got to perform. Uh, what I do, I have a, a, the last time I was in Madison was last summer, uh, or last whatever, and um, the guy who directs the University of Wisconsin marching band, Mike LaCrone, still directs it, and he directed it when I went to college yeah. there, and had for years. So he must be a million years old. Can older. I
2: ask what summer it was that there was a... Drum corps thing happening? It would
1: have been, uh, 86 or 87.
2: 87 was Kansas City.
1: Okay, so it might have been 84 or yeah. 85. Those or, are all
2: really good years. But
1: those are all amazing years. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, cause what, uh, the first summer I, I, I went there in 84, so it would have been the, 84 would have been fall yeah. 80 the fall of the summer of 85
2: okay all right yeah because uh i good
1: i had just discovered stand-up comedy and so i was like i'm mm. not leaving madison yeah, Wisconsin." Yeah. it's a
2: good place to be yeah it was
1: yeah. great and then well no but, well, uh, I mean, were places,
2: oh, maybe, maybe not then, but I know there are places.
1: there was one place. Yeah, there yeah. was, it was a, it was underneath a crack den, a Coke <laughs> den. And, uh, and I, and I. In all fairness. Owned by Sam Kinnison. Not right, Coke. not a crack <laughs> den. It was Coke. It was a Coke front. Uh, owned by <laughs> Sam Kinnison's brother, Bill wow. Kinnison. And, uh, so, but the, but I, I remember just wandering, I was over by, cause there was a diner I would go to, and I wandered, I was like, the hell is that marching band music? Yeah. And I just, I i snuck into Camp Randall and I spent like two hours watching a drum and bugle yeah. <laughs> tour. It was so fun. Oh, man. So such fun. A, such a I wanted way, to do rifles to in, do in high school, right. but our marching band uh, teacher in high school was so great. She irritated uh, the rest of the county because she she didn't have a life. She was uh, a... Uh, perfect that's she, what you need when you're that's exactly. no life. her <laughs> girlfriend was our theater uh they were they were partners yeah. nobody ever mentioned yeah, it yeah, there yeah. was always some because it was the 80s right but uh the early early 80s mm-hmm. uh, but she was so she we marched in the summer it was volunteer and like i was gonna quit i played clarinet yeah and i was gonna quit in junior high and my sister was like just hold on until high school, you'll meet Miss Owie. And I was mm-hmm. like, Mr. Owie's sister? And uh Mr. Owie <laughs> did uh grade school technically. And uh yes, and she was like, She's nothing like Mr. Owie. Don't worry about it. And so um He sounds like a guy who stubs his toe a lot. Mr. Owie? Yeah. Owie Owie Owie. Yeah. And uh so but Miss <laughs> Miss Allie was so great because in the summer we would march every day for two hours. And my parents were psyched. Yeah. They were like, get you, take and 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 once once I moved to um so the marching band, I, I played bass clarinet. I was not a good clarinet player. It's horrible. I must have been like second to last. Good on you for
2: taking on bass clarinet though. Well, Thanks. What, we need you.
1: Exactly. That's what they said. You aren't good at this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could be first chair bass clarinet yeah. and you could learn to count to a million because it was just one, two, three, four, yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah, three, yeah. four, thirty, two, sure. three, four, 30, 4, bum, bum, and then start over. So, um, <laughs> that was concert band. And then I took trumpet. And it was a trumpet and marching band. Oh, great. And everything I learned, my sister learned and was better at than me. Because, uh, she was a musician. she around? Can we talk to her? I some? know, we talked to her about her. So you played <laughs> flute in, in school. Yeah, yeah. And then piccolo, and then you right. got a degree, or you went, I, you went for
2: two years for composition. Yeah, I, I went to UC Irvine for two years for flute performance, because I didn't really know what... <laughs> Speaking of being in dorks. Yeah. I really wanted to go to UCI. I liked the campus and everything. It seemed like a good school. Well, that's not, interesting. not not really a great music program at the time. I was kind of very small music program at the time. But there's a set of dorms there called Middle Earth. Oh. And that and, uh, and I was literally like, you're like, like, oh, that'd be pretty cool to live in Middle Earth, right? <laughs> 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 and there was a there was a there was like two phases. <laughs> awesome. And the second phase was brand new. Like no one had lived in these dorms before except for a tennis camp. And so we got to live in these brand new dorms and and, uh, there was a, the food hall was Pippin and it was huge and brand new and it was what? all great. Everything was Why named was after the Why was it named after Lord, Lord, of... Lord of the Rings? Everything was named after Lord of the Rings. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But I loved it. That's awesome. You could eat a Pippin or you could eat a Brandywine. Uh, you know, there's like all the old ones were like Hobbiton and the Shire. And, right. Um, and then, uh, the new ones were, um, I, Rohan and Shadowfax. I Shadow didn't Facts. know this. Yeah. I had. So no I idea. lived. I lived in Whispering Wood, which is not a name that appears in right. Lord of the Rings, which is disappointing. Right. But uh, whatever. Um, uh, oh well, that's fine. But you yeah, were... that was. A, I'll. I'll admit it now, long after the fact. That was a a definitely a factor in deciding to go to ECI, which I really liked. Right. Um. So I went there for flute for two years, and then I was more interested in composition. So. I thought I'd go somewhere else that had a composition program, and so my mom had gone to UCLA, so I was like, I'll go to UCLA. Okay. And I uh, was really not qualified to be a composition major there. When I got there, it was in way over my head. I just hmm. did not have the theory background. I didn't play piano. I just felt behind everybody else all the time. I didn't have a good time there.
1: Um, And so you bailed. Yeah, I did. Well, that's, uh, are you kidding me? I think I was in my fourth year of college when they said, what are you majoring in? And I said, what do I, what does it look like? What do you got? Yeah. And they said, well, you have one more credit in poli-sci than you do in ancient history. And I said, I'm a poli-sci major, it
2: turns out. And yeah, so. um, In my defense, I did come back to school (laughs) later. I went to UCI. I went back in 2005 for English and I got my degree. Did you get,
1: were, were you living off campus by that time?
2: Yeah, I was grown up and everything. You were a grown up man. Yeah.
1: And uh, so you weren't, you didn't get to ever stay at like uh, in, 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 in a Hobbit related? Uh, no, no, now. no.
2: I, but I was a writing tutor and I tutored in Middle Earth. Oh, there you go. So I got to hang out in my old uh, activity room where I used to live there. so That'll
1: do. That'll yeah. do in a pinch. Quit, honestly. That was
2: pretty good. That's fun. Um, anyway, go ahead. That's
0: great. How did you uh, How did you like going back to school as an adult?
2: It was weird. Yeah. It was weird at first. I had, to, I had to get used to the idea that there were going to be younger people People there younger than me that were going to be more knowledgeable about, about things than I was. About how old were you when you went back? I was 33. Okay. Yeah, around. But now. you did it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, so, how long did it take? I did two years there. I, first okay. I did a, I, I did about a year of community college stuff to actually get qualified to be an English major there. Mm-hmm. And then I went back for English. But, I was teaching when I was living in San Diego I was teaching at Santana High School I was teaching their marching band uh, right. not, I wasn't the director I was just like a helper guy okay um, and then um, i uh, I went when I went to UCI I thought I want to be the thing I'm really interested in is editing like I'd like to be an editor because um, I like to correct people and I want to get paid for it oh there you go um so okay. i I got a job at the school paper as a copy editor a lowly copy editor okay with, uh, like, back in the two day. nineteen year olds or, Yes. You know? <laughs> so and i'm thirty three um and the Editor in chief was also, you know, like twenty or something. Right. And it turns out he was a student at Santana High School when I was teaching there. Oh really? And now he was my boss at the right. newspaper. And right. fortunately he's a great guy. We're still friends. Yeah. Um and uh but it was it built that all was, kinds of character. It was really something to get used to, that everyone yeah. there was way younger than me, but they I was in the maybe the lowest position there, just like a copy editor. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, everyone was super cool. We, we had a weird anomalous year at the paper that year. Everyone was great friends. We went out all the time and did stuff. And, um, when I told them I was 33 or 34, however old was at the time, they were like, what? We thought you were like our age. Yeah. You, you don't look 34. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I do look 34. I don't know what you think 34 looks like. But right. This is it. Don't exactly <laughs> <insult laughs> me by saying I don't look 34. Right.
1: Because uh, I've earned it. I've earned everything. Well, 30. it just
2: makes it sound like, oh, you should be old and decrepit if you're 34. like, no, right. you shouldn't. You should look like this. Right. It's right. not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> but uh, that was, that was a good time there. Yeah, Um, and I did I tried to do everything I could at college I crammed a time I did a summer abroad in England nice I uh, had a couple radio shows on the college radio station because
1: you're eligible to do all that yeah I know I can do it and you know how to do it when you go
2: back I had a drum corps show on the radio called I Hate Drum Corps from 3 to 6 in the morning on Wednesdays that was the best (laughs) because what did (laughs) you do it was fun no one was there it was just me I played drum corps you I just drum core music for three hours a week. It was oh, it was so great. Yes,
1: that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was is the so best. Great. What are your favorite drum core pieces?
2: Uh, are there my great favorite shows? Yeah,
1: are there are well, there great
2: pieces that you can name? Uh Like uh, well, just shows. Um, uh, um, but like we talked about '87 Garfield already. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Garfield in the '80s. Just really love all Garfield Cadet shows.
1: Okay, um, no. 8, when 4, you 8, 4, 8, 5, 8, say a show, 8, 6, 8. are
2: they not are they not musical pieces? Well, they're pieces, but you know, uh, a show is ten minutes or so of lots of different pieces put together. Okay. So we tend to, when we talk about drum corps, we talk yeah. about like shows, like units, because okay. taking one one piece out of there, one tune, uh, isn't really the same. Well, too like much it, of a smash cut. Well, or and something. you're you're yeah, you're you're kind of putting a show together to do a particular thing. It's like,
1: uh, and you did you audio. Know. Because one of my favorite yeah. things about drumcore sure.
2: is the visual. Sure, but I like the, you know. But, but the music great, is amazing. Too. So yep. I, I built myself up a, a big library of drumcore shows. Thank you, Napster. Yep. Before anyone realized what was going on. Yep. Um, and then uh, I played that for three hours a week, and I went by a pseudonym because I was the show was called I Hate Drum Corps. <laughs> right. And I didn't know if I should be playing these things on the air. Yep. So I had my, my radio name. Excellent. Um, and then I... Uh, be- what was your nom to radio? It was Bob. Which was my nickname in drum, <laughs> um, so it's not like it was a great name or anything. Um, and then but
1: I, 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 I uh, imagined something uh, more complex. I, I have to say,
2: no. <laughs> but but I realized, enough. I realized early on, I it's going to be hard to fill three hours and still have a sense of what's going on. So was yeah. Like I got to split this up into segments. So I had like an old timey drum corps segment where I play shows from the 70s, okay. I had a bit, just an ongoing bit that was funny to me called This Morning's Farmer that I stole from Alan Partridge. Okay. Where I was supposed to, because I was on at three in the morning, so I was supposed to be interviewing a farmer every week. We we're going to talk about farming. We we're going to kind All of right. break up the drum corps thing. Okay. And then every week there's an excuse why the interview didn't happen. Sometimes it was like uh oh, okay. uh you couldn't hear him, you could only hear me, or mm-hmm. he didn't call him when he was supposed to, or we pre-recorded one, and then the recording didn't work, or something They came up with an excuse every week right. to like, you know, so so this thing could happen to amuse me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so one day, one morning, I got a call, which never happens at five in the morning, whatever radio <laughs> station. Someone re- had a request. Oh my gosh! So I was like, okay, we're taking requests. Apparently, uh, here's the phone number. And then two other people called in with requests. You had listeners. And I got an email. I got an email request too. And I ended up talking with this guy for a while in email during the show. Yeah, it was that was insane. Knowing that, that people were listening and wanted to hear. Right. That it wasn't just like your blog, where you were
1: like, all of a sudden, I'm not just typing into the wind. Right, right. Someone is reading
2: this. But, I mean, we had a broadcast radius around Irvine, but it was also on the internet, so really anyone could have been listening. Sure. And people were. Shockingly. (laughs) Like. Because people do love Drumcore. Yeah, well, I did try to advertise on Drumcore Planet, like, I hate Drumcore. This, you know, I was trying to get it out there.
1: and but, it worked. Uh, yeah, I
2: was that was great. So that was one show I had, and then I also had another show called Fake British Accent Theatre. Oh. After I came back from England, I was like, I want to do British radio serials as a right. show. <laughs> so I played like The Goons, and I played Hitchhiker's Guide, and I played um the Lord of the Rings, the BBC Lord of the Rings yep. series, and I had that for two quarters and uh that was and I spoke in a bad fake British accent, that's what I was calling it. Excellent. Um I was a Nigel St. Injun. Excellent. Um and uh uh, that was a lot of fun to do, and I hardly talked at all because they're all like half hour or hour shows that so just got blocked. And into it was a, a three hour block yeah. again? No, it was two hours. A two hour. But they were cool. The first time, first quarter I was on, they put me on in like lunchtime. Cause they they're like, oh, oh, people could listen to a story during their lunchtime. Yeah. I was like, yeah, good idea. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks, director. Yes. Whoever's doing the programming. So, and then I was on at six in the morning for the second quarters, which wasn't as good, but.
1: Right. But people may be driving in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, we got Mike on. Mike Olson. That thing. Yeah.
1: This has been a delight.
2: Yeah, sorry, I feel like it got real tangenty, but I guess uh, that's what you do.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, that's yeah. exactly, uh, that's <laughs> the program. That's exactly what it, it turns this out. Is about. It's, uh, so it's at Devlin1, that's right. D-E-V-L-I-N mm-hmm. with the number one. Yeah. And then spiritoftheblank.blogspot.com yeah. is, uh, is your own bl- right. uh, gaming blog, essentially, right?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's where I, Write about whatever I'm doing now with Atomic Robo, or what's because that's been most of it lately. Right? Or what's uh if I have a, a new mechanic or a hack I've thought of, I'll put it up on there for like fun. I, I've gone through different things like here's swashbuckling stuff, and here's uh you know here's some zombie stuff, and here's you know whatever. Neat.
1: So and 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 regular Atomic Robo is yeah. just Atomic hashtag Robo dot com.
2: Well, Atomic dash Robo dot
1: dash. Oh well, not Hashtag. That, yeah. Hashtag is a is um, That's simple. another thing. But yeah, yeah, so I'll be over here.
2: We should mention that Brian Clevenger and Scott Wagner, the creators of Atomic Robo, they've decided. Is a comic, yeah, yeah, they've decided they had been with Red Five Comics for a long time for nine volumes, and now they've decided to go to a webcomic format. They're, okay, they're also going to publish those as volumes um, when the when the like a series is done. Okay, so, they're so come there out will print. be hard copy they're, they're eventually. Will, they will come out in print,
1: but they're going to go web first. Yeah, with but the webcomic
2: first for free. And free. they're currently releasing an issue a week of Atomic Robo, going back to the beginning and releasing all of Atomic Robo for Those free first on the Those first nine volumes. That's, That's right. so fantastic. Yeah. And there's going to be a, uh, additional stuff, too. They're running a Patreon. Mm. If you go to atomic-robo.com, a Patreon is a crowdfunding thing where Got it. they get... People say, I'll donate this much a month, and they say if we get if we get uh X dollars a month, we'll produce this. If we get okay. X plus five, we'll produce this. Fair enough. So okay. um so they're doing that now and it's going really swimmingly for them. So Excellent. that's great. So if you were at all interested in Atomic Robo I would say go to that website and check it out because you can just read it for free. Read it for really free, great. catch
1: up, and yeah. then and then throw them some bucks if you like it. Yeah, and that is always swell. Even if
2: you don't like it, a few bucks. What do you? You're not going to miss it. Yeah, them, yeah. Right? You're, right. What do you care? Yeah.
1: Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this as oh uh, by the way. Never introduced you, Andy. Andy oh. Ashcraft, uh, always, uh.
0: <laughs> Hello, people. Yes, I've sat in on this one.
1: Sat in on this one because it's about gaming. Cut that in in the
2: beginning. and then... It's
1: a, no, no, there will be no, there will be no, there will be no editing. In other news, Andy Ashcraft, as you know, giantsdancegames.com. And
0: one day I will update that website.
1: And everyone will know more. And, uh, whatever. Just email Andy or email me, Jackie at JackieCasian, and I'll forward it to him. Cause it's been great. Thanks for listening.